It's August 30th, 2021. I'm Gian Gomeshi. This is Rook. Hi there, welcome to episode 140 of Rook. New show, season two debut. Yeah, let me do it again. Uh, we're back and it's the season two debut. Oh yeah. The sound of uh, induced cheering. <laughs> Hope you're keeping well wherever you're tuning in from around the world. Salam, Dustane Aziz. Omivar Hastam Kechuv Vamizun Bashin. Hello to you from Toronto, Canada. We are back. It is the season two debut, which means, you know what that means, Keon? means everything that we've done up until now was season one. <laughs> it's been like, what, two years now? That's right. That's right. We <laughs> No, it's been a year and, and a four half. months. Oh, 16 months. 16 months. That sounds like a, f- a season. It's the you longest know. Yeah. first season ever. <laughs> uh, hello to the fabulous Keon. Hello, Groovy Shia. Hello, Captain Reza. Hello, sir. Welcome back, everybody. It's back to school. Yay. And back to Brooke. <laughs> season awesome. two we've had these uh had some fabulous shows recently but yeah. they were what we call packaged shows mm-hmm. which means that the team weren't all here actually i know we're going to get to letters later today yeah, yeah. there's some oh, there's fucking people com- <laughs> complaining that it was just me someone thought <laughs> we, you fired us all yeah. <laughs> 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 they're like oh, yeah. when is and then there's certain people that miss certain people but not others and, yeah it's like i love uh, it so much better now what since you got rid of captain reza kidding nobody said uh, actually, uh, that's right. Nobody said that. <laughs> I said <laughs> Better that. to just say nobody said that. <laughs> uh, listen, we have a featured guest today, and uh, a, a fitting to that we have a, a really significant guest, I guess, for our season two debut return here. Our featured guest, Sahra Karimi. So, okay, so... And in amongst the things that have happened in the last month since we were doing uh, our live Rook shows is uh, the situation in Afghanistan, which, mm-hmm. of course, is incredibly heartbreaking, uh, incredibly dispiriting, uh, very sad, very complex as well, right? Yeah. I mean, how do you even figure out how to take a position on this, right? I mean, I, I, I for one, 20 years ago... <laughs> You know, was opposing the American intervention mm-hmm. into Afghanistan. You right. know, we have we had demonstrations, no war in Afghanistan. Yeah. I wrote a big thing for it in the Globe and Mail, all of that. Mm-hmm. But you know, once you're there, and then there's people depending on you. I mean, that this it, to suddenly pull out as well. It, yeah. it, 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 the whole thing is a, and then the deal with the Taliban and the it, it, the whole thing is is horrific, yeah. really. And the execution of it was seemed backwards. I mean, they took the they pulled the troops out first, and then they started evacuating the civilians. Yeah, it's supposed to be it, the other it, way around. It doesn't. It just, it, I mean, I'm sensitive to the fact that there's probably no good way to do this yeah. once you've intervened in a country like this. Anyway, the the way for first Russia and then the United States and the history of imperialism, whatever you want to get. To. But but yeah, it, the whole it's just such a mess. And in the midst of all that, there's. 
these amazing people, uh, Afghan people Mm -hmm. who are, you know, stuck stuck or trying to get out or facing the fate of another however long rule of the Taliban, which is just devastating. So Sahra Karimi is the first female, she's a filmmaker, she's made some uh, significant films, first female chairperson of the Afghan Film Organization. So the first head of this organization who happens to be a woman, also the first and only woman in Afghanistan who has a PhD in cinema and filmmaking. Mm. This Sahra, who will join us in a little bit from Ukraine, note that she's not in Kabul anymore, two weeks ago, she had this harrowing escape from uh, Kabul. It's like the stuff of action movies. I mean, we've seen some of the footage, obviously, mm-hmm. of people trying to get on planes yeah. and things like that. She gathered her family. I mean, I'm going to ask her for all the details of this, but uh, she's pretty well known in Afghanistan, and she's known to be quite anti-Taliban. So as soon as the Taliban were entering Kabul, it was like she realized she has to get out, but she really was sensitive to the fact that she wouldn't need to get her family out. And so uh, she's young. I mean, she's in her mid-30s, and and she's uh, uh, this pioneering filmmaker in Afghanistan. And uh, so she escaped uh, a couple of weeks ago and is now speaking out. You know, she's incredibly courageous, too, about just wanting to to continue speaking out even after uh, she's on the, the hit list of the Taliban and all of that. So she'll join us from Ukraine where she's got safe haven right now and uh, to talk about what the last couple of weeks mm-hmm. have been like. And all of this happened so quickly. I mean, it, so she was she had written in The New Yorker that about a month ago, I want to ask her about this, there was a film festival, like a short film festival in Kabul that mm-hmm. she was running, they were helping to run. And so that was like a month ago, right? <laughs> and, uh, and, and you know, they knew the Taliban were slowly encroaching on taking over little towns and stuff like that, but no one thought Kabul was right. not going to be defended somehow, you know? Yeah. So uh, what a story. Um, and wow. the desperate attempts to get out, and then they finally get out. And this isn't history. This is a couple yeah, of weeks right ago. Right so Sahra me who grew up in Iran, born in Kabul, grew up in Iran, and then uh, got her PhD in Slovakia and went back to Afghanistan, will be joining us in a little bit. Looking forward to that. Uh, missing you guys. I'm, the, you know, I was missed, missed you guys, missed the mm-hmm. audience while we were away. Uh, it's been, I know it's it's not been the rosiest of times for all of us. I mean, I, I, I've had some tough times. I know um, uh, Reza, you had yeah. some tough times. Your parents uh, with COVID. Yeah. I know um, uh, Shia, you've had some really rough days. And, and Keon, you know, had to decide what to wear for the polo match. So <laughs> it oh, was, my God. Uh, well, hey, I struggle too, man. <laughs> uh, Keon, Keon in, in our dark days, was posting pictures at the what was it racetrack? Where were you? The polo <laughs> match? What was it? Horse races. It was the a horse races. Race. I mean, who goes to horse races? Who doesn't go to horse races? I uh, thought it was Kate Middleton was like sitting at the. That's right. Stands, what like, are those things called? The uh, fascinators. That's for the fascinators. You're, she was from, you're from London, England. Yeah, I've what never you, been to a horse race. I don't believe race? that. I I hope the horses can race away by themselves. <laughs> what have you? I've 
never been invited to a horse race. <laughs> well, next year I will invite you to the horse race. Oh my God, I was just like, oh, you know, I mean, Reza's on the line. My parents, how go? I'm trying to bring my parents to Canada. Shia, poor guy, has been through. I'm like, there's all this shit going on, and then I'm checking Instagram. Keon is at the the polo match. Sorry, what is the horse race? Nobody posts about the tough times. You only post the rosy times. So what I don't say is now uh, when you go to the uh, the horse race though. <laughs> Would you like me to list all the things now, that, that I'm struggling with? Is that with? you? Who's whose decision is that? You or the doctor? Who? Well, who do you who think? Cho- Obviously, it's me. That's it's you. My, that's you. My cho- thing. So this guy. They, I mean, does he, Thankfully. what does he say when you say, hey, well, let's go to the horse race with our hats on? What, <laughs> what does he say to that? Fascinators. Yeah. You, you know, he's such a great guy. He, he no, he's loves, a great guy. Yeah. He, support, I, he, likes, he supports everything that I like to do. And how is that possible? I mean, what, what mean? is this That's man? That's a good question, actually. He really yeah, loves you. This is why I have been single for the longest time, because right. I have been, like, struggling to <laughs> find I'm like, the right Woody. guy. Imagine Woody, buddy. Why do you have to go to the horse race? I enjoy it. You know what? I enjoy dressing up. I enjoy Does, watching uh, Shai, horse Do you even race. know what these horse races are? Uh, I know. You pay, <laughs> and then you go and sit with a hat on, and you watch the and horses you, run around in a circle. And you bet on them. You bet on You horses. bet on them. Yeah, yeah, even you better. Spend you spend more on money, <laughs> and then with the ridiculous binoculars. And you drink you champagne. Try. I mean, what's wrong oh with that? Oh, my God. <laughs> You're so relatable, Keon. <laughs> it's, it's so lovely. Reza can't even afford those binoculars. Listen, it's of us can, actually. Everybody has their own interests in this. That's right. And yours is the, yeah. Dressing up and going to horse But you're right. You don't often, you don't put the tough times on the Instagram. Who does? That's the problem with social media. You Mm -hmm. just see all the... We don't know how hard it was to pick which hat to wear. (laughs) Precisely. It's very difficult. We only saw the results of the hat. (laughs) uh, Imagine this doctor, huh? He's like, uh, you know... Honey, I mean, I don't know. Let's go go up to a cottage, babe. Let's get. I want to go to the horse race with our hats on. And he was wearing a hat. Was he wearing a hat too? He was wearing. A hat. I mean, they're, they're both in hats. Yeah, yeah. I'm not talking about a baseball cap, not a cola cap, like a, like a top hats and things like that. You know, he, he enjoyed the monocle. You know, cane and everything. Yeah. I, he, he got me into his things too, like scuba diving. I recently oh. took that up and I did not, that wasn't part of my list Even of scuba diving? Who gets An- to go scuba diving? Another relatable Yeah, uh, like you have to. <laughs> Gia, what, okay. May I ask you, what do you do when you travel? I, like when you do it? Like, I, I read in the corner hobbies? of a shack, a used book. <laughs> what if, and speaking of struggles, what have you been struggling oh, with? Oh man, Please it's been share. the worst. I, I, Why? I, I, well, well, I'm going to tell I was away. For I went to mm-hmm. Turkey and I went to oh, Sweden. Oh, you poor soul! No, no, I'll tell you. <laughs> Traveling the I'll world. I'll tell you about those places. Oh, God. That was the great. Horror. No, no, no. It's Go just on. the last few days have been honestly they've okay. been horrible. Everything's gone wrong. I've had these migraines, and oh, no. I, it was one of those times where everyone. Uh, I, I don't know if you well. I don't know if you can relate to it, but, but everyone around me needed help. Like I felt like mm. I needed to help everybody and mm. I was kind of, which I'm happy to do, but then I there was just nothing left. And then mm. my dog was sick and then my okay. computer crashed. Uh, like it was one of those things where the computer, uh, uh, no, I lost everything. The computer said, uh, yeah, it said uh, upgrade to this, uh, you know, this software. just that you upgrade. So then I press okay. <laughs> 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 
<laughs> and uh, all right, sure, Big Sur. You know, let's update the Mac. And then, right. and then froze. And then five hours later, talking to Apple support, they're like, uh, "Yeah, sir, I think you need to erase your disk oh, for us to, you know." And I'm like, "Well, what does that mean?" Oh, well, it'll be it'll be like a new computer. Oh. Well, what about my stuff? You know, it'll so like oh, some of it's on an external hard drive. But it, so that it was just like all of that. And then, you know, to add insult to the in- injury, Arsenal. You know, my team. I mean, no, I, listen. Oh, the, the the team isn't bad anymore. The team isn't just like we didn't just have a bad game. It's the worst team in the league. <laughs> Arsenal is the worst. Like literally, if you go and look at the Premier League standings, the at the very go to the bottom, go to like scan your eyes down to the very bottom, and that's Arsenal. The worst start to a season ever. The team's like, you know. 500 years old or something like that this is the worst start to any season why do you do this to yourself I, oh. <laughs> yeah you know those people how like after the first 10 minutes they walk out of the game you know yeah, like yeah. oh they're look at the arsenal fans leaving they paid 200 dollars for the ticket that's totally yeah, yeah. Uh, my life is just like well, how do i get out of this why don't i pick another team but yeah. i can't you can't i can't i'm stuck why are you why are you tied to arsenal like what did you I, since I was a kid, I mean, don't you have a team that you right, one of the horses the color, that I how do I how do I get to her to relate to this? So was it the colors? Like what? As a kid, what made what drew you? to Actually, this I don't team? know. I was a little hmm. kid. I was a little kid. I okay. got a partly my friends were into. I don't know. Okay. And then they've always been my team. Hmm. And then they had some glory years. They were, there was a reason to love them. They were the beautiful game. They were playing Throughout these. your life or like before you were a fan? <laughs> no, no, no. While I was alive. Oh, okay. 2003. You know, hmm. like, uh, I mean, it's almost 20 years ago now. But we were the Invincibles. There was that the one Arth- year that they were good. Oh, no, they had some glory years in the 90s too. But, yeah. but uh, no. Third camp. Those That's right, Dennis yeah, Bergkamp. Yeah. See, Shia knows. Yeah. And then Shia, you've been through some rough times lately. Oh, I'm sorry, brother. No, I mean, this is my toughest days of my life, yeah. actually. I'm sure, sure. passing. And long story short, uh, my brother, my lovely brother, um, his mind is unstable right now, and he keeps posting something on uh, dang shows Instagram and mm. saying bad thing. And like in just last week, we lost about uh, ten thousand followers. Wow. And oh God. yeah, and it's hard. And all people call me and call me and call me. And yeah. that uh, made wondering what's going on yeah. because he's uh, yeah, he's got a spiral yeah. in your bro. This too shall pass. Yeah. Yeah. This too shall pass. Yeah, and then Reza. Yeah, I mean, uh, this is like the you know this, the this, bad news bears. There was I know. yeah. So what happened with you? So my parents were supposed to come, like, move to Canada for good. I sponsored them a couple of years ago. They were coming back and forth, but they they, they had a business and life in Iran. But they decided to move for good, and they were supposed. Their flight was scheduled for August eighteenth, and then two weeks before their flight, my mom got COVID and the new variant too and it was pretty bad and then my dad got it and and of course i know you were freaked out about that super freaked out because my dad um he lost 20 percent of his uh lung um uh and um like the the capability capacity i don't know how the the right word is but uh, essentially was damaged his lung was damaged about 20 percent and he was at the hospital but uh thankfully got through it uh there was like these shots that you're supposed to take for five days and they're very expensive it's hard to get it was an ordeal like it was a very stressful situation and i'm sure a lot and there are a lot of and i didn't understand 
to be perfectly honest with you, the I didn't grasp the the gravity of the situation in Iran and how people are dealing with COVID until my parents contract. Right. Uh, like and what and what did you learn from? Because I know Iran, we we've been yeah. um, looking for. I mean. Just after Afghanistan, on our mm. list of things that we want to deal yeah, with, yeah, yeah, Rook, yeah. is COVID in Iran. That's right. Because it sounds like a freaking mess. It is. And a mess. Uh, we're, so we're trying to get in touch. And then, of course, there's the political dimension whereby mm. um, it's hard to even speak to doctors in Iran yeah. because they're afraid to talk to us yeah. that they may get targeted by the, the, the government or yeah. something. So uh, we're trying to find the right guests for that. But um, but what, what have you learned from? So essentially, uh, if you don't have money and connection, not only money, like the right connection to be able to get an ICU room if you need one, the best case scenario you can hope for is an IV in the parking lot of a hospital. Oh, that's, okay. that's how bad it is. Where are and they? In Shiraz? They're in Shiraz, yeah. yeah they're in oh, Shiraz, yeah. but uh, if it's all all throughout Iran. It's the same situation. Like my mom was telling me that a simple shot that normally you'd buy for, let's say, in dollar like amount is like fifty bucks. You got to spend four or five hundred dollars uh, in black market, and sometimes it's fake because now they're coming up with all sorts of like fake shots, and they're selling it to people, fake vaccines. My mom was telling, and she, this is coming from a person who, lo- who never wanted to leave Iran. She's like, I feel like this is the end of the world. Yeah. Like this is for them. They're at, they're at war. They're literally in war with COVID. And uh, it's, it's very. It's, well, I'll tell you something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I'll get to my stories about uh, Turkey and, yeah. and Sweden. But yeah, I hear all when I, it. when I, uh, I guess at some point, I after a few days I've been there, I put on Instagram that I'm in Turkey. I started hearing from all these people. Uh, a lot of Iranian artists and like journalists and people, you know, that I assumed were in Iran, they're not, who have recently moved to Turkey. Wow. Like they just, everyone is mm. fleeing. Yeah. You know, they, people yeah. are just getting out while they can. I mean, we're talking about the dire situation in Afghanistan and people fleeing Kabul, but there's a a, a more general situation yeah. in Iran where the brain drain, the interesting people, the cultural figures, whatever. I mean, I can't. I don't. I, I want to tell you who it was because I, they, mm. you know, for now they don't want to. But the number of people, no word of a lie, who contacted me and said we've recently, we've we're in Turkey now as well. We've left. You know, it was kind of shocking. The situation in Iran is just, and the COVID um, underscoring everything, yeah. uh, because uh, you look on that New York Times map of where the worst places in the world are for yeah. lack of vaccination, worst COVID cases, most deaths, and Iran is like this, you know, dark penciled in country. It's really, really sad to see. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, that's the three of us, Keon. What, um, <laughs> now I, I'm, I'm depressed now because of all this. Now. Cheer us up with a nice see, okay, golf. Keon's difficult times is listening to no, us. guys. <laughs> I, I don't share my no, difficult no, good, times good. because I don't like to make other people upset. That's my right. thing. Because I know, like for me, I'm very sensitive. So your sad stories is enough for yeah. me to feel... The and you know what, no, Keanu, and I don't want to do right. that to anybody else. Yeah, yeah, so. yeah. On that note, it, Keon, listen, tell us it, about it, Turkey. Yes, do tell us. Well, let me first say that we're coming to you on rookmedia.com. It is there that you can link to all of our platforms and you can become a patron. Yeah. We're on our ongoing mission to build a new audiovisual encyclopedia of Iranian diaspora identity. We're on Spotify, SoundCloud, Apple Podcasts, Castbox. If you'd like to see some visuals with Rook and see us on social media, switch over to YouTube or Instagram right now. And if you like your 
accurate Rook descriptions of bulletins in English and Persian. Check us out on Telegram. One of the things we were doing uh, while we were away is uh, running a bunch of our interviews with subtitles, with Persian subtitles, uh, which you can see on Telegram and see it on can you see it on Telegram? No, no, no. I think uh, Telegram, you can hear them, hear the episodes, but on uh, You Instagram, can hear them with subtitles. You can listen to them with <laughs> <Right>. subtitles. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> no, but the, but Telegram YouTube. descriptions are in Persian. Yeah, the But we don't put up the, oh, we don't put video no, on Telegram? No, no, we put, we put Rock started to. video. Yeah, yeah, oh, I see, yeah, okay, yeah. all right. But full put interviews, yeah, on uh, and the Rook Funnies are getting popular, mm-hmm. too. Our little uh, comedy sections, uh, if you check out our extras YouTube channel or our Instagram. So listen, it's a new season and new offerings on Rook Media. We are going to be rolling out a new slate of programs this fall that are not. So Rook is just a program. But if you've been listening to us, you hear that we're Rook Media. Rook Media is a network, and there's going to be different programs on it. And so starting soon, uh, one of the first programs that we're uh, launching is called The Contemporary History of Iran, and it's looking at the modern history of Iran and Iranian uh, Iranians through events of the last 150 years. So each episode is based on a specific theme or a specific event. Uh, the Contemporary History of Iran, that's coming soon on Rook Media. We'll have to figure out which platforms it's on. But uh, I know, Shia, you're very excited about that. Oh, big time, yes, yes. And we're working on a, a, there's a few other programs with uh, people that you know from the Rook team and people, uh, new people that uh, are going to be added to the Rook team. Uh, And we are coming, we're doing our first trip where we uh, Mm. record and uh, do some shooting. uh, And it's going to be in the end of September. We're coming to the UK. That's right. Rook in London. Yeah, baby. And... uh, uh, Reza Jun and Kian Jun are uh, going to be there, and uh, I'm going to miss you guys. Actually. Oh, Shai, we'll miss you too. Shai, needs to hold down the base here. Someone needs to <laughs> make sure that Ponta sure. the artist and Savvy Roham and <laughs> producer Susan are doing their their, their jobs. Um, Persians taking over. Mm-hmm. Persians taking over London is the idea, and we're going to see uh, who and what we can find in the Iranian community in London, England, uh, to speak to. Uh, we've already got some ideas, but uh, if you're listening to this right now and you've got some ideas of who you think we should interview and check out when we come to London in the end of September, let us know at info at rookmedia.com, info at rookmedia.com, or post on any of our platforms. All right. So, um, Okay, you want to hear about Turkey and yes. Sweden? Yes, yes. Uh, it was fantastic. I had a great time. Saw lots of friends. Uh, I was trying to think of what to tell you guys. I brought back some sohati yeah, for yeah. you guys. Yeah, um, there's so there's so many wonderful things I could say about Turkey. I just love that country in so many ways. I will say there's some things that are kind of shocking for a, a Canadian, mm. uh, and I, they're not necessarily cultural in the way you're thinking. Um, everyone smokes. Yeah. Everybody smokes. I, I could not go anywhere. I mean, it's weird, you know? I'm, I'm old enough that when I was, back in the 90s, people were still smoking. You could yeah. still smoke. In fact, I remember doing a tour um, where we were playing in Denmark, and, and uh, uh, taking a plane, Maersk Airlines, I think it was, from London to Copenhagen or something like that, and there was still smoking on the plane. You know, oh, that wow. was yeah, it was mid nineteen nineties. I remember that. So I, it's not like I grew up without smoking being yeah. you know a thing, but 
the last 20 years, if you live in Canada or the United States, if you live in the West, you're just not used to yeah. smoke being anything indoors, at yeah. least, you know? And in Turkey, I mean, it's just, first of all, everyone smokes. And uh, I, I think you're not supposed to smoke inside, <laughs> but uh, they're just kind of smoking everywhere. And I felt like I was back in grade nine. Wow. Like the fact that I wasn't smoking was, you know, becoming an issue. Uh, you know, or the fact for I got into a cab at one point, and uh, the guy, the the driver was smoking in the cab. Oh, you know, of course I mean, is. like it's like the 1970s, right? I was like, what, what's happening here? You know, and then my Iranian friends were saying, don't let them know you're Iranian. Oh yeah, speak in English joking. with your American accent. Mm -hmm. You know, when they call this American accent, yeah. because they'll and it was true. Like what they'd be nice to me, and then if I start speaking oh, Farsi or something, they were like. Poorly. They don't like the, I mean, because there's been an influx of Iranians, so yeah. they're kind of on guard about that a little bit. And they take advantage of Iran. I mean, this is what I've been told last time I was in Istanbul. People told me, like, be careful because they, they're known to take advantage of Iranians, for like, rip them off even more so when they find out. I mean, I don't know. This was just what like I heard. scam artists and stuff? Like, the cabs will mm. charge oh, you yeah, more. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I there's that. that. Yeah. Well, I, I, I bet that they're, I thought they were wary of Iranians who are the scam artists who are <laughs> trying to, <laughs> like, try to Rip them off, kick him out before I have to pay him something. To yeah, get out. yeah. There was a, I went and I found this independent artist who she's brilliant. I want to figure out a way to promote her. Uh, small time artist, but I feel like I wanted to buy something of hers because it was just so wonderful and and uh, um, Turkish woman, actually quite a, a devout uh, Muslim too. Because at one point I went back to the gallery and I said, "Oh, where is Yasemin?" And they said, "She's namaz on uh, mm. praying," you know, but. Um, she thought I was Canadian, and then at one point I came back with a friend who was Iranian. We were speaking Farsi, and I felt like the attitude changed a little bit. Wow. It's like, oh, the Iranians are here trying what? to, I don't, I don't know. Why you know? is yeah. this? Why is this the case? I, I don't, don't get it. Well, they, but they're migrants. They, quite a lot of Iranians go to Turkey uh, and, and go, they go to the United Nations um, and request asylum. They'll become mm. refugees in Turkey. Oh, you don't have to go to the United Nations. You, If you I go mean, to Turkey, if you, first of all, so many Iranians are going to. So it's mm -hmm. like... I mean, it's a racism, right? To to not like somebody based right. on their, yeah. but it it is born out of the fact that there's been this influx of Iranians mm. suddenly, you know, turning up there. So, like anything, you got yeah. any culture that blames the immigrants, you know, right, it's like right. Iranians are the immigrants at the moment, I guess, in some places. So, um, so that's the one thing. So there's cigarettes everywhere. The other thing is cats. Oh yeah, yeah that's true. Uh, these, listen, <laughs> you don't like cats? I, I'm a dog person. Oh, you know, right. I kind of have something against cats. <laughs> I find them a little arrogant. This is I, now you've heard that Istanbul is cat city, right? There's yeah, yeah. cats yeah. everywhere. It says yeah. cats, cats, cats. I mean, you cannot do anything without there being cat. You sit down to eat, and like you look next to you, there's a cat looking at you. There's a cat, and they enable it. Like they want the cat. Like the cats are just everywhere. There's just cats. There's cats inside stores, inside malls. There's cats. You know, and it's it's just it's just like uh, there was in the hotel. There was a cat walking around. You know, like in the hotel. In the hotel. Come oh, on. oh, please. There's cats what? everywhere. I mean, I was surprised there wasn't a cat in my room. Wait, when which, I was. which hotel were you staying? I was staying at a, a decent hotel. There were cats. Are you sure? I am telling you. I'm telling you, there was one night where I was sitting down to dinner. I literally, I looked next to me. This oh God. The cat just sitting up at the table, you know, ready to, you know, with a plate. Yeah, yeah, with a plate. Yeah. Oh. Uh, 
<laughs> no, but there is a documentary about this. Uh, and there is, it was, yeah. It, yeah, and it was nominated for the Academy Award, I think. That's how big of a deal it is. That's Cats how many. And ki- yeah, 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 yeah. And it's huge. Yeah, I mean, this is not anyone who's listening to us right now in Turkey, in mm-hmm. Istanbul, uh, let alone anybody who's been there, uh, is going, yeah, of course. I mean, it, it is. You, I mean, everywhere, anywhere you go, there's cats. And it's it's kind of a weird thing because, and there's some dogs, which made me a bit sad because they're ultimately street, the, the, the yeah. cats seem to be able to take care of themselves a little better than the dogs. The dogs just didn't look healthy. Mm. And um, it's a weird thing because here, if a cat is on the street, you know, ultimately the cat gets picked up and, yeah. you know, to go to the Humane Society to find a home and yeah. stuff. But there's the, there's a culture of the cats being on the streets. Like people actually put food and water out and, mm. you know, it's wow. just, there's just there's cats there. everywhere. Yeah, <laughs> That hotels, apparently. <laughs> so then I went to Sweden, oh. you know. Mm, how's Sweden? Uh, I loved Sweden, yeah. But it was kind of like after being in Turkey, uh, which is, you know, ultimately quite exotic. Uh, the bazaar, the mm-hmm. you know, the people, the the cigarettes, the cats. Uh, it was Sweden felt like coming to Canada. So, mm-hmm. it's, a, it's, a, it's a modern, clean white people. You know, it's like, a, <laughs> modern, <laughs> like it was like people. it was like going to Barry. You know, yeah. going, yeah. going to Winnipeg, uh, but with very, right. very, very lovely people and. I, I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. I saw some um, folks in uh, a bunch of folks in Sweden. I saw uh, Sephora from uh, Objis oh, nice. in Sweden because they're from there. Yeah. Uh, and she and I went to the ABBA Museum together, which was <laughs> sounds silly like the ABBA right. Museum. It was amazing. I really? loved it. Oh, it was interactive. Really? Yeah, I've got like videos of us singing songs to ABBA songs together. <laughs> it was the best day of my life. <laughs> I loved the ABBA Museum. <laughs> I didn't even realize I loved ABBA so much. I was like, this is the best i knew every song you know it was really yeah it was, it was the image of Gian singing dancing queen is just oh, just too are much you for kidding me? me it was the best so uh yeah i mean it, it's interesting to find these i mean i can't wait we're gonna go to london yeah, but yeah. i can't wait for us to take our show to these different places because yeah. uh, there's such an amazing vibrant persian community i mean yeah. notwithstanding the things we said about the way iranians are seen or whatever in mm-hmm. istanbul and then there's this great persian community in in stockholm mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of whom i saw i saw Aravon, i saw uh, a few a few people a great uh, artist there named arman uh some really fabulous people mm-hmm. yeah amazing the other thing is about Turkey and stuff. I went to the two places in the world where no one's wearing masks. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I mean, Turkey, they tried to. They were wearing them inside. I went to Bursa, mm. beautiful town, uh, which is the original capital of the Ottoman Empire, right. Bursa. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's kind of a, a religious place. I, I, I'm not usually anywhere where there's so many people in hijab. That was very different for me. Mm. You might be more used to that, uh, (laughs) having come from Iran more recently. But uh, so that was kind of interesting. But but uh, I loved Bursa. Uh, A lot of smoking, a lot of cats, Um, (laughs) but uh, a lot of good kufte and uh, and and beautiful, beautiful vistas and a beautiful old mosque that I went to. That was kind of the oldest, one of the oldest mosques in in uh, in Turkey in Bursa. So the people were in uh, inside in Turkey were wearing masks, but in some cases not so much. It didn't feel like it was as regimented as it is here. Um, Sweden, I mean, 
It was no worse. Masks? No was one was wearing masks. Wow. No one was wearing a mask anywhere. I mean, they were, they were, you know, you'd go into places where somebody would be wearing a mask, but for the most part, uh, yeah. How I mean, are wow. they doing? With like I, even in, inside the ABBA museum, like the members of ABBA weren't wearing really? it. And it's kind of because they've had a different philosophy about it. It's not. Herd there's, mentality? Or yeah. Herd community, sorry. Herd community, yeah. yeah. Herd and also a herd mentality. <laughs> yeah, they, they just don't have a, they're not as pushy about it, it seems. They're, mm. not, they're not, whether you think that's for better or for worse, mm. they're just not. I mean, even in Stockholm, when I was coming back at the airport, the guys in front of me and the two women behind me in line to get to, to check in weren't wearing masks. <laughs> and I was kind of looking at them going, wow, we're in an airport, you know, where you're about to sh- have to show your vaccinations and your COVID tests. But it was just sort of a, yeah, it was a hmm. different mentality to hear where wow. we have to. I Actually, do you know that Tehran also has a lot of cats? I do know that, yeah. yeah. I do, because every time I would go, oh my God, there's so many cats, they go, Babo, Tehran, I mean, you know, the Like everything was like, it's we have that in Iran, yeah. but it's better in Iran, you know. Uh, the cats are hungrier, even, <laughs> yeah. of course. I love how Iranians are like, uh, uh, you know, like a, when I was in Borsa, I was visiting a friend there, and and uh, he, he has an Iranian friend, and the guy was like, uh, I was like, oh, this is so beautiful here. Tehran is really beautiful, you know. And I was like, What are you oh. doing there then? <laughs> What's that? What is he doing over well, there? That's the thing. You, you always, Iranians are always like, Oh, it's so much better in Iran. <laughs> then you go, Would you live there? No. What, am I crazy? I'm not going to live there. It's but it's way better. You know? <laughs> What's the freedom aspect? I mean, when I when I was in Istanbul, it reminded me of what. Tehran would have been like if the people had freedom, like if you could walk around without a hijab. That's why. Like, I, that's right. why I love being there so much. It makes me mm-hmm. feel like kind that's of like as home. close as I'm going to get. Right. You know, exactly. because uh, there are Kucheha where they go. This yeah. is just like Iran, and right. I go, oh, I'm like on oh, that mm. close. And actually, there was when I was um, uh, I, when I got I was taking a car to uh, Borsa. It occurred to me that like I could just drive. And uh, you know, yeah. in, in just a few hours, be on the western tip of Iran. Like yeah. I could go oh, to Tabriz, right? Good, you, you literally could. And yeah. because you were born in the UK, you were born in London. Your passport says born in London. Actually, you had to apply for. A no, visa. I still need an Iranian passport. Yeah. Oh, I would, still yeah. need an Iranian passport. Yeah. But I thought maybe crossing land in mm. that part near Tabriz might might be easier than landing in airport in Tehran. You know. Yeah. All right. Uh, now we got some letters we're going to get to. Yeah, yeah, we got lots of letters. Lots of letters. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we'll get to those coming up. But let's get to our. Uh, so Captain Reza, Groovy Shia, Fabius Keon, nice to see you all back here. Let's get to our feature guest. Our feature guest today is one of Afghanistan's most prominent filmmakers and the first female chairperson of the Afghan film organization, Sahra Karimi, is also the first and the only woman in Afghanistan who has a PhD in cinema and filmmaking. Sahra was born in Kabul in 1985, then raised in Tehran. She left Iran in 2001 after attending the Bratislava International Film Festival and applied for asylum in Slovakia. She received her PhD in the field of cinema 
from the Academy of Music and Performing Arts at the Bratislava Film and Television Faculty. Sahra then returned to Afghanistan in 2012, where she helped open the Kabul Multimedia House to promote independent Afghan filmmakers. Her latest film, Hava Mariam Aisha, was featured at the Venice Film Festival in 2019 and nominated for Best International Feature Film. So only two weeks ago, Sahra was in Kabul and then endured a harrowing journey to escape with her family during the fall of the city to the Taliban. She's now found safe haven for now in Ukraine. She has been outspoken about the situation in Afghanistan and what it will potentially mean for cinema, for arts, for culture, and for the people of the country. She's written a public letter addressed to international film communities soliciting their hope and solidarity and help in protecting her people and fellow filmmakers as her country falls to the Taliban insurgency. And right now, Sahra Karimi joins me from Ukraine. Hello. Hello, hello, and thank you for having me with you. I'm very grateful you've agreed to speak to us, Sahra John. I, I can only imagine the last couple of weeks have been uh, horrific for you. Uh, before we get into the details, just tell me, how are you doing right now? How are you today? I'm just uh, feeling the form uh, because I got from an immigration office some uh, extra forms to fill out so I'm just doing administrative work for my brother's family and and uh, my brother's daughters because I'm I'm trying to send them to Canada because my family they live in Canada so I'm doing the just administrative thing uh, work your family is the the ones who escaped with you are all in Ukraine right now yes I, I took my brother and his family like his daughters and so with me because uh, if I stayed there so they would be in danger uh, because you know uh, Taliban also um, for relatives of those people that they are like want they wanted to like some to catch or something so I, I decided that uh, I took them with me too so you know uh, earlier this month I mean, it's, it's hard to believe that this was just this month. Earlier this month, in, in early August, you had a, a film festival for short avant-garde films in Kabul. I mean, it's, it's yeah. shocking how quickly things can change. Tell me what things were like only three weeks ago, a month ago at this film festival. You know, uh, after very, um, uh, we were preparing for that film festival, short, uh, short ex experimental film festival. We call we called it Avantgarde. So we prepared three months, and uh, we like almost we had thirty three films, and uh, we had an opening and uh, awarding uh, like uh, um, uh, awarding ceremony. So it quite um, normal uh, okay there were also some news that um, the Taliban took over some cities and some villages and districts but still we believe that our army and our government will protect us so we we, we weren't so worried about the, the situation in Kabul maybe I was naive uh, and I wasn't worried so much but People were like people were scared but still we we hope that okay our government and our army will protect us and I was in the middle of a shooting uh, uh, and I stopped the shooting because of Muharram which is a religion month for uh, Muslims uh, we were in the post-production of uh, some documentaries and we were preparing for some workshops in uh, different provinces for young uh, uh, filmmakers and also the uh, we were completing policy of uh, Afghan cinema policy and a lot of other Activities we were doing, 
as usual but uh, but uh, i didn't know that uh, uh, this will uh, happen happen for example i remember that uh 14th of august early morning i went to fitness uh, uh, centrum and like a sport club and i gave like uh, money for uh, uh, next month that i'm going i was sporting so it was usual day you know that is remarkable that you were you extended your gym membership that you really didn't see all this coming i, I guess i mean afghanistan it's 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 never easy necessarily so you're used to ups and downs let, let me let me just take us back for a moment though before we continue with the story of what happened this month you were born in Cal- Uh, You grew up in Iran. You immigrated to Slovakia to study. You got your PhD. You wanted to return to Afghanistan as a filmmaker, and you did so in 2012. Tell us why you decided to go back to Afghanistan. You know, uh, I I was all my life, I was a refugee, and I also wanted like to return to my motherland uh, and i was be- uh, i believe uh, still i was believed but i believe still that uh, i should be storyteller of my own people's stories so and uh, i wanted so much to uh, make uh, films uh, about women issues especially uh, my my film uh, my style of filming is uh, so much about relationship of woman with herself with the society with family and with children and those things and uh, i always uh, i um, uh, touch very um, uh, unusual topic so uh, those uh, those topics were uh, um, already were solved in europe so uh, it wasn't their issue so uh, but it was afghan's woman issue and i wanted uh, very much to be a storyteller of my own people yeah. and f- my style is uh, that um, I need to be in the place and I, I need to be in touch with people. I am very, uh, I observe a lot, uh, uh, like, uh, and I listen to people. For example, uh, I used to, f- for my film, How I Mariam Aisha, I used to walk among uh, uh, among people in, uh, in cities and listen to their dialogues. And also I used to uh, travel uh, to different provinces to talk with the different women from different provinces and yes. to listen to their stories so i my style of, of storytelling is uh, is based on my observation my own observation so i i'm not the kind of filmmaker that maybe i i rebuild the part of kabul in morocco or or in tajikistan right, or somewhere right. else i i need it like real place and with real people and uh, inspiration from real stories but, For you, that, but you, I, you you've also said you wanted to show another side of afghanistan i mean this this yes. film i i i had the chance to watch uh, have a mariam and Aish over the weekend it's a beautiful film it's the story of three women in kabul it played at the venice film festival yeah. as, we, as we said in in 2019 you said at the time sahra that you wanted to show other sides of afghanistan yeah. than what we always see in the west what did you want to show you know uh, west uh, they always when they they hear about afghanistan they're all those cliches about our countries uh, in general about middle east and but particularly about afghanistan they just see the dark side but they don't uh, some, some of uh, especially in film industry they don't think that okay beside explosions and terrorist attacks and those uh, war war zones areas there are 
human human beings stories that should be told so uh, for example uh, when uh, when uh, in how maria moesha i i uh, i i told the story about motherhood and uh, um, a woman uh, uh, facing pregnancy and approaching to that pregnancy in different way yes. but some people they think maybe maybe okay all issues of uh, of a woman in afghanistan it is just burka or maybe some education but uh, but Afghan women are, are facing uh, also universal issues that all women around the world are facing with so uh, uh, so and I in my document because I do documentaries too and I do photographies too so I I wanted uh, always to uh, to show the beauty of our 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 country and our nation uh, maybe ethni different ethnicities in our uh, uh, country maybe uh, from political perspective Perspective, uh, make some uh, problems and uh, political people they misuse that that yes. uh, uh, yes. diversity but in filmmaking and in art it is beauty and it is richness of the, our culture so i wanted to show those uh, those sides of our culture and our like history and our stories that many people in west and in western media they didn't want or they don't want to show yes. yeah what what did it what did it mean to you to become the first female chairperson of the Afghan film organization you know when uh, when i was uh, uh, shooting and how uh, mariam aisha i faced a lot of problem especially corruption problem in our film industry and we had a, like uh, we have a kind of a small group of mafia that they are doing a lot of very bad and negative and uh, cliches movies so i uh, i did i am indep an independent filmmaker for me being administrative person it is it is like very very boring and also it is very challenging but when i when i faced a lot of ch uh, challenge uh, uh, when i was making my film so when the they announced that they are hiring like uh, general director of afghan film so i decided uh, uh, to uh, to accept the challenge and to uh, to do this risk and to apply for this position and among like five uh, men uh, i was the first and i got the only i was the only person who got to this position through merit process but you know i wanted just to help other filmmakers especially independent filmmakers especially those filmmakers that they they wanted to to tell unique stories I wanted to help them to get easier permissions, easier uh, 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 process they, they shoot their films. Uh, so also I wanted so much to push our government to support cinema right. because uh, our government, uh, cinema, uh, art in general and cinema in particular wasn't their priority. They were so busy with uh, other issues like security, like uh, health, like education, which I believe that there are very important issues. but. Cinema and uh, cin uh, and uh, especially national cinema is very important to to introduce the uh, mm, the history and the history of of uh, and culture of a nation to other countries. So those uh, were my aim to help my uh, own people in uh, film industry. Yes. For that, I applied. You know. You know, it, it occurs to me that I I really wish that I could just do this interview about 
your films and about being a filmmaker and about uh, the history of Afghan films since 1968. Uh, obviously, we can't do that interview right now because of the events that have taken place that that have, have dramatically not just affected the entire world, but directly affected your life. Yeah, Two weeks yeah. ago, August 15th, you... As I understand, you have a coffee in the morning. You, you you go to the bank in Kabul thinking that this is a normal day. You're going to just go take some money out. What what did you witness, Sarah? Oh, it was... I, if, I, if, I, if I knew that what happened in next hours, I wouldn't even wake up, you know? Because I, as usual day, I always have my coffee in the morning and I put my makeup and I... I it, Especially, I dressed very uh, casual. I always dress casual, but at that day, I I put my jeans and I just you know get out because I didn't have I didn't have chance to get money in previous days. So I said, okay, I'm going to bank and to get some money. And then when I went there, there were maybe three to four hundred people were uh, were uh, standing in front of the bank. All banks, all private banks, full of uh, people, and people were even at the streets. And uh, uh, so I, uh, because they they know me, uh, so they let me go in, and I was waiting two three hours, and then uh, suddenly gunshots started, and the manager of bank he came to me and he told to me that I need to go home. I said what happened, and he said that uh, Taliban surrounded the city, and some of them they just entered to the city and they are nearby, and if they see you, they will kill you because I'm quite famous in, in Afghanistan. So the bank, so the bank. I, manager would have known who you are yeah yeah everybody knows me uh, uh, so uh, I just told uh, I just told uh, and he showed he showed me the back door and he tried to take taxi for me and I told uh, I told that uh, the taxi he didn't take me so I started to running uh, uh, and I, in the middle of my running, uh, it is five kilometers far from my home. Uh, in the middle of my running, I just started, okay, what's going on here in, uh, in Afghanistan? Nobody knows that we are facing this, that Taliban just entered the city. So I started to go live on my Instagram and I started in the, and, uh, in between like going live on my Instagram and some people, uh, especially men, they at the street, they started to make fun of me. Yes. Oh, general director of Afghan fil uh, film is running oh she's afraid and I was angry so I, I shot on them and then but, I but got can I, sorry can I just ask you about that because I, I you wrote you, you mentioned that in your in a in something you wrote for the New Yorker that 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 people were making fun of you as you were running is that because they didn't actually believe that the Taliban were going to take over the city or that they didn't no, see it, it as a threat also, you know uh, uh, it, 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 it that uh, that uh, making fun of me also has some history because I am I am very outspoken person and so in my some TV interviews I I, I, I always challenge it uh, like uh, uh, patriarchal society of our country and I always criticize yes. so many people they didn't like my view about uh, about like how I criticize the uh, traditional our traditional uh, society our patriarchal society so some men they really hate me because uh, sometimes I directly address them that you are doing this 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 wrong so maybe because of that, uh, uh, the consequences of uh, of that was that they behaved like that with me. And but 
many people they didn't believe that uh, that Taliban entered yes. the city. They were standing in front of the, their door and they were just looking, you know, like. So it is when there were they, when you said there was hundreds of people at the bank, what were, was that because they thought that there was some imminent threat? Why were there hundreds of people? No, at the there were uh, uh, you know a uh, few last days in Kabul there were very heavy traffic uh, jam and also a lot of people they went to bank and to get money. Right. This is always in Afghanistan. It was in 2014 the same issue we had uh, when uh, US uh, uh, US uh, uh, announced that they are going to withdraw their troops uh, uh, like at, in 2014 it was 100,000 soldiers you know mm-hmm. and also this kind of chaotic uh, problem we witnessed right. so it was like usual uh, so but bank didn't have money because central bank didn't send money you know then i uh, i was in contact with my friend she's uh, mm, she's the president of slovak film and tv academy wanda hritsova i was in contact in uh, last days with her and i was uh, describe her my uh, describing her my situation and i called her i called her that uh, uh, taliban entered the city and uh, and i think that uh, there will be problem and she told me there is a flight at 4 30 at airport uh, ukrainian government they are uh, evacuating uh, like uh, they were evacuating their stuff so if i uh, if she she will talk with ukrainian if they put me in that airplane okay hang so, on a second and, hang on a second yeah, there's yeah. so much here that i want to so you're at the bank the the ma- bank manager says the taliban are coming you start running uh, you're running you go by the way you make that little video on your instagram that that video went viral i mean the whole world saw that video of you running um, I, I'm curious. You get back to your your place. Tell me about the decision, Sahra, to to leave Afghanistan. I mean, that couldn't have been an easy. You've gone back there. You've known it's not an easy country. You've been there for a decade now. When did you know that it was the only option? That that even I mean, because it's a su- suspension of disbelief, as you say. A lot well, of people I, didn't I, even know. I, I, if I was uh, if I was alone in Kabul, I I wouldn't escape. Okay, uh, I am I am I am that crazy enough that I I sometimes I don't even listen to anything. But uh, you want to leave because uh, of your family. To be honest, it was just because of my daughters of my brother, because uh, last five years they were under my uh, my like uh, all. I was a role model for them and uh, I supported their education and I was uh, buying for them uh, like books and I pushed them to read a lot of Charles Dickens, for example, I don't Mark Twins and those books. So they they became so liberal uh, girls, you know, they became so brave and they were in their age they were so much smarter than their age and even I, I, I compare with them with their classmates they were so so much somewhere else mm. so when this happened without any waiting I was I was just thinking of them okay if anything happened to me because I know that Taliban will come after me because I was very famous outspoken person uh, against Taliban uh, so even people they were afraid that I was all every day uh, posting something uh, against Taliban. So I was thinking of them that maybe they will be killed because of me, you know, and uh, and they are not, if Taliban come and uh, take, o- take over the city, they are not going to survive under their system because their childhood 
and the role model uh, is me and i always did uh, things uh, uh, opposite of everybody you know mm. i even in inside the government uh, nobody i was challenging uh, like my even my minister and even right, my right. Uh, uh, colleagues you know so for me it was because of them to mm. be honest i'm not going to tell that okay uh, uh, that uh, to put some slogans uh, i wanted that that no i did it because of my my nieces and because i want i i didn't want they they uh, they be under that uh, system so how so do you how do you round up because uh, i know you end up leaving with a, a bunch of family members or, or at least trying to leave with a bunch of family members how do you round up all those people right away i just I call them i just call them i just call my brother where, where are where are your daughters and he said that one of them is in kindergarten and blah 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 one of them is uh, preparing for uh, uh exam and i told just uh, you have just 20 minutes 15 20 minutes to uh collect everything wow. uh, take your passport and and just put whatever you can in your suitcase and wait for me i'm coming after you wow. it was just you know it was just 15 20 minutes and then i had two two of my colleagues uh, they were um, at office uh, and uh, because they were my assistants and everybody yes, know that yes. they are my assistants i just called them and i said that if you have your passport with yourself just come to my place where we are living and they said that, uh, but they don't have anything other things. I said we are leaving and just say goodbye to your family. So I I take them and I take. Sorry, Sarah. Them, like, did, did anybody? I mean, your brother or your your assistants? Did anybody say? No, let's wait. Let's take. I mean, or or did they just no, know if you're calling and saying this? Yeah. I, if they, because I, I, you know, the thing is that I am the, br I was the bravest person in. in right. If you're them. saying this, they better go. <laughs> yeah. 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 So I and they were waiting, and then I called my cousin and I told him, please bring your car and take us to airport. It's still, you know, people were so so in. Uh, they were confused. So uh, I for that I could get to airport. Otherwise, I I I, I would uh, uh, end up in that chaotic situation that we faced. Uh, yeah, it occurs to me if you uh, yeah. if you'd waited a day or two, you would be in exactly that thing that we've been watching those horrible images of people stuck in uh, trying to get out at the airport. Right? I mean, although you it was know, I have you know, I believe uh, I always believe my instincts when I decide that I do something and I, I do it. I don't wait. I don't even even calculate because right. uh, sometimes sometimes it helps a lot. Sometimes it is maybe wrong decision. But in my life, I always did this, uh, uh, this kind of decisions. Uh, so I just decided, okay, I'm going. I don't care whatever happened, but I should be inside the airport because inside the airport is, is safer. Uh, so uh, I thought at that time, when we get to when we get to airport, we did the regular checking. Even even uh, it was uh, staff were there, uh, airports employee were there. So and then after uh, one two hours, then when uh, Taliban shared their photo that they uh, took over pallets and our president left the country, then the uh, chaotic situation started. But you know we couldn't we couldn't we couldn't uh, catch the uh, the flight. Yeah, you didn't you did not get on that first that yeah, flight. Yeah, no, we couldn't. Yeah. So, so what what was that like when you don't get on the flight? I mean, that must have been terrifying, right? You know, I was, um, I had 11 people with me 
And I was, uh, now the funniest thing is, is that um, uh, my brother had a guest, okay? <laughs> I took the guest too. So, wow. So it was, <laughs> oh. I took everybody <laughs> with me. I don't know, maybe it was, um, we call in uh, uh, Persian, we call Qasmat. Yes, yeah, it yes, was the yes. <laughs> yeah. I just took them also with me. They had expired the uh, uh, passport, but I took them with me also. And, but I uh, guess you have to be uh, very grateful to the. Was it the president of the Slovak uh, film of, of of the? Who's your friend that helped you get out? I, I am thinking. I, I am grateful to many people right now. To be, uh, I'm grateful to. For example, I'm grateful to. Uh, my friend, uh, president of Slomak Film and Academy, I'm grateful to Ukrainian government and president office. I'm grateful to Turkish government and I'm grateful to Canadian uh, like immigration office. So I'm grateful to too many, too many people mm. and organization because without their help, I couldn't, I couldn't end up here and I couldn't even talk to you right now. You know, yes. when they say that, uh, okay, you missed the flight. I didn't share this information with people that were to, with me. I just said, oh, the flight will be late. Oh, wow. So because children were with me. Right. So I, uh, at that Jeez, moment, you really are brave. I, I would have, uh, yeah, if, I don't know if I would have, uh, what I would have done. You know, at that night, I was filming in the same time because I didn't want to miss the situation. And I was telling the story to children to just tell them this is a different journey and you should be brave and I, I was encouraging them to not to sleep or not to be because they were they couldn't eat for 40 hours you know and uh, uh, and I trying to uh, push my brother and his wife and those others that uh, because they were adult and they knew everything but I trying to show them that I'm strong and it was very because we we also tried to get to uh, American airplane, but they didn't let us. So and then uh, again, my friend she called to Ukrainian uh, to Ukrainian government. Ukrainian government uh, cooperated with the Turkish government and the Slovakian government all together. And next day, we could we could go to army part of of the airport. And that so you just stayed you just stayed inside the airport until you could leave. No, no, I didn't stay inside the airport. There was it was like it was like kind of. Uh, uh, Thousand, thousand people they entered to airport after the collapse of uh, Kabul. Yes. And then American army they started to push out everybody. So I decided to separate it from the crowd. So we went totally opposite side of the airport and we hide in the building. Oh and we uh, yeah and we informed uh, we hide in the very empty building and we informed the uh, uh, Ukrainian government and uh, Turkish government that we are in this place if you oh want to find God. us you should come to that place how did you know <laughs> how did you know to do that i am very good in these things i'm film right. director <laughs> <laughs> okay, your film director. So you went and hid in, in an empty part of. Uh, I mean, while so so this is away from all the chaos that we were we've been seeing. Yeah, right? I just didn't want to be in between the crowd, yes, crowd yes. Uh, because children they were. Uh, for example, my niece, she's Dunya. Her name I mean, is Dunya. She was asking a lot of questions, and I was lying, lying to her, and I was so unhappy yes. because she was she was asking why this soldier is pushing his gun to us. I said 
Sunday is crazy. And uh, why is doing that? Why? Because she's so curious. And uh, and so uh, I just decided immediately that I'm going to separate from this crowd. I'm going to hide somewhere, and yes. we will see. You said so, that the, the Turkish. Go- How did the Turkish government get involved? They call me. They call because they got called from uh, Ukrainian government, and they give my number. And there was a. They called me and they say, uh, they told me that uh, they cannot uh, like uh, take me. But I told them if I go and hide somewhere, you can come near nearby airport. Then uh, we went, you know, we went uh, outside of the terminal, and then uh, because uh, I used to film inside of airport before, so I knew some places. So I know that there is an office of, of uh, local uh, uh, air agency, but there were ar- around that office there were a lot of criminals and, and thieves. But we entered and we closed the door. And then I informed them. Uh, I uh, uh, messaged them that uh, that I am I am inside this building. Anytime you come, then at six a.m. Uh, in the morning they came and they took us from there. Wow. So we went from window and those things. It, it was like films, you know. Yes, it sounds like a film, and I mean, uh, yeah. so you. But when you get on that plane and you leave, I, 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 I can only imagine it's bittersweet in the sense that you're you've you feeling you've got some safety, but you're also you're, no, the you're problem, leaving the, the country that you love. Started, right? you know. The next problem started that my brother got uh, like neurotic attack a, pa- so a panic start- attack a panic attack he started to shake oh boy. and he shaked almost maybe all entire flight from kabul to turkey and from turkey to uh, kiev oh. you know he was totally out of his mind so i was i was holding him and i was trying to 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 calm him down and then uh, when we came we reached uh, Kiev and they just sent him um, to hospital and he was in hospital almost 10 days you oh know boy. and he's now he's, he's totally out now he's for him was like because I just took him from his normal life you know yes. I just because he was he was he was doing his job what was his job He's an interior designer, and uh, so he's doing all interior things, and he's a very like uh, good in these things. So, uh, and uh, 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 you know, he he tried very hard to to build the life, and he just with one mic call and twenty minutes time, he just left everything, mm. and for him was like a big shock. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I think it'd be a big me, shock for just about any, anybody. I mean, uh, maybe, yeah, a know. lot of people, a lot of people left their life like that. You know, <sighs> a lot of it is like you know. Um, do you, uh, do you, I think you watch a lot of uh, uh, World uh, War Two, like Django Johnny Duvum, World War Two lo- uh, films movie. Then there was Holocaust and the Jewish were yes, uh, yes. running. It yeah. was exactly like that. Well, I mean, you know? it's not even. We don't even have to go that far back. I mean, yeah. the, the the people that we focus that this this you know this show and and a lot of our listeners are people of Iranian descent. And I mean, yeah. there was a a lot of people you know after the revolution uh, trying to get out of Iran. I mean, it's yeah, these are, these this are, exactly. This is uh, this is the exact. For example, revolution happened in Iran, and a lot of people, especially 
like singers, uh, yes, artists, yes. and those yes. writers, intellectuals, yes. exactly the same. And exactly and you know, Sahra, I, I, I want I want to actually segue into asking you about the implications of what's going on. I mean, besides the action movie details of how you've thankfully uh, found safety for now, and 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 we we must say, I mean, I, I feel my heart is breaking for the people who aren't able to get on planes and leave, or who, you know who are stuck in this situation i mean i think i think i think i think most people listening know that most people listening know that something about the taliban when the taliban first uh, captured kabul in 1996 they thereafter banned all art and cinema and music and and yeah. you know education for for girls and women you've said i want to quote you everything that i've worked so hard to build as a filmmaker in my country is at risk of falling if the taliban take over they will ban all art do you yeah. Do you think that's going to happen? This happened already. This happened already during this, this past two weeks. You know how many thousands, hundreds of, of, of artists and painters, filmmakers, photographers, writers, they just left the country and they killed some of our artists, especially singers, because they are so anti-music. And they don't believe in culture. They don't believe in art. They, 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 they don't believe and they're afraid because they don't know, uh, or maybe they know the, the, the significant role of uh, culture and art in, in develop, uh, for, de to develop a country. So they, for example, they just, uh, if you, there are some reports in different media. If you see all TV uh, channel, local TV channels, they changed their programs. Two weeks ago, they were singing, dancing, and woman participation in, in entertainment programs. But now all is, is reading Quran, reading uh, some surah, reading some religion, wow. religion uh, um, uh, stuff. And also they just uh, announced that there is no, no, uh, music in public space and uh, wedding shouldn't be uh, the uh, wedding shouldn't should should be with uh, without music and they just uh, 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 abandoned all uh, kind of art artistic uh, like activities and also they they say that all women should stay at home till we announce that they, when they come and they, they were separating women and uh, girls. Uh, so they are now soft because they are searching for recognition of international countries. Once they get that recognition, they they will they will show their their real face. I, I was going to ask you. I mean, there is this narrative out there that says that the this this Taliban is a bit different. They've learned their lesson. They're not as harsh as they were in the past. Do you you no. basically think that's bullshit. I think, I think, uh, who said it? We are facing, we, we had experience with Taliban. We are, we are 20 years, we are, uh, we are witnessing explosions, killing, uh, all intellectual, intellectuals and abounding all kind of humanitarian uh, activities or um, uh, all cultural activities. So I don't know somebody from America sitting in her, uh, war, her or his warm office and telling that, okay, uh, Taliban changed? No, Taliban didn't change. It is all, uh, I'm sorry to use this uh, 
uh, word. This is bullshit. It is so, so somebody, uh, I think it is should be so, 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 so naive that they think they didn't change. Why in their, for example, if they change, why in their meetings, in their meetings, there is no one single woman you cannot see. And and why they why they just for example they call to my they call my office and they told my office that everybody should return to work but uh, women shouldn't uh, uh, come women should stay at home but the head of that office is a woman they even don't talk to me you know they even don't address anything to me because they they don't they even don't recognize me but you know what we. We got a lot of recognition this past uh, 20 years. At least I got a lot of recognition because of my work and my activities internationally this past at least 10 years. But some Taleb with narrow-minded Taleb that even he uh, doesn't have any any basic education he's telling he's like showing that he doesn't want to talk to me and to talk to any other woman so they didn't they didn't change and they are not going to change that easily you cannot change somebody somebody who who didn't even even read who who are uneducated who even who who, do, who don't know even how to 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 hold the pen and to write his name they they are some figures uh, that they just they're just so proud of their unusual look and they're so just proud of their how they hold how they can hold uh, perfectly gone and how they can uh, uh, scare people but they don't know uh, for example now inside the city inside Kabul they have problem with running the system okay yes. life is not just about just eating and or sleeping or uh, holding gun it is system there we work to build that system yeah. okay we weren't perfect but we we did a lot of a lot of efforts to bring changes to make some developments but no they don't know and now they're they're just begging some youth and young people or just forcing them to cooperate with them but but uh, they cannot own people. P this country belo belongs to us. We rebuild it. We put our effort. We put our years of of youth to 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 make reconstruction of everything. To make to rebuild everything. Let me ask and you this. Just, let, let me ask you. Listening to you right now. I mean, I mean, you know, no one would blame you if if you were to having been through this. A horrific journey of getting out of there, having been a, a target as you you are well known, um, having had to deal with your help support to get your family out there and uh, out of there and dealing with your brother being in the hospital, having dealing with all of that, having had to deal with all of that, no one would blame you if you decided to take some time away or be quiet right now you've you've decided to do the opposite you're speaking out you issued this letter to the international community uh, tell me about the decision to do that. You know, it is not anymore about me, okay? It is about my generation. It is about people who are filmmakers, artists. I know that a lot of people, they are now afraid. A lot of accounts, Twitter accounts, Facebook account, Instagram account, they just deactivated because people are afraid to talk because they are inside Afghanistan and they are afraid to be 
targeted and to be killed. Sure. But I got this opportunity. I know, I know, I believe in, in responsibility of people. When I got this opportunity to get out of that country, so it, it means that I, I should be the voice of, of, of my generation and the voice of, of filmmakers and artists and intellectual people. I decide, uh, I, I know I got a lot of advices from different friends and different sources. Okay, be quiet. Don't tell that. Don't tell that. Don't post that. Don't tweet that. But I decided I'm not going to be silent. I'm not going to be just to look and to, to watch what is going on in my country. I'm not going to be silent. I use every single opportunity as a filmmaker, as an artist, as a public figure. I use and I speak... I speak about my country and I speak about barbaric attacks of Taliban. I speak about criminals and things that Taliban are, are, are now doing and the limitation that they are forcing to my, my generation. I'm not afraid of them. They are nobody. They are just, they are just figures that they just know how to abounding uh, people. And, but, but I, I, I I grow up with my own talent. Whatever I I, I got, no no political uh, person gave me as a right, gift. Right. No political party gave me. I I fight for every single. And there are thousand thousand girls, and and boys, and my generation. We we did a lot. We 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 even we no we even we weren't even part of many games. You know, we if. If we decided to, to change the perception of young generation, we decided. We were brave to do, don't put a scarf. We were brave to go to for demonstration. We were brave to uh, create hashtags in social media to push our leaders and political, our government to not, uh, uh, limit, to not limit us. So I, we, I, I now I just, I, it is not about me. I, I can make films anywhere i can i have i have i have one small apartment in bratislava i can live peacefully and ca i can teach at university but yeah. it is not about me it is about my generation and it is my duty and responsibility to to uh, to speak uh, to speak loudly and to talk and what is and your what is your world. message for to what is your message to the United States and to to you Canada know, I, and the Western I, community. I don't I, I don't believe in United States at all at all. Okay, what they did it was wrong. The biggest betrayal act that they did uh, for uh, about uh, for Afghanistan, because you know, uh, I know that when when they started this, uh, they, when they signed this deal with Taliban, the world was silent. The world turned his back on Afghanistan. They were, but they when they started that peace negotiation with Taliban, that everybody was silent. All world leaders uh, were silent, and they they thought that they had this illusion that uh, that uh, that okay, Taliban maybe they make peace. But uh, I. I I tell that this is illusion if you think that Taliban have been changed. It, it, it is totally illusion and naivety if you think that Taliban will, will be modern Taliban. There is no modern Taliban. There is no significant changing among the Taliban. They are the same Taliban, but they are more smarter. They use uh, modern communication uh, technology to, to 
create uh, cyber attacks and cyber psychological like limitation for people. But you know, but they shouldn't give to Taliban easily recognition. First, they shouldn't give to Taliban at all recognition. But if Taliban insists to, to, to create government, they should create government with all oppositions, with all uh, resistance group like uh, Ahmad Masood, who is in Panjshir, you know, and with all and they should include women in, in political and social and cultural and, 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 econo and economical uh, 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 sections. They, they cannot exist. And they cannot work and they cannot be function because uh, 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 without women, we are part of the society. 55% of the population of Afghanistan are women yes. and 70% of population of Afghanistan are, are under 30. So they cannot just close their eyes and they say, okay, you are not, uh, you doesn't exist. We exist. We exist very fully and powerfully and deeply we exist okay as a, a woman and young generation they cannot ignore us you know and rec and they want to become a part of the world they want the recognition so they should accept some rules and regulation of of modern 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 society there are human rights values there are children rights values there are women rights values there are artistic values cultural values they should respect it. This is not twenty. This is twenty first century. It is not Stone Age. That still they think that if they just uh, 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 five times they just uh, pray, everything will be uh, as a miracle. No, for the running the system, you should have you should have the knowledge and knowledge of uh, knowledge of running modern system. We our generation we have in different sections, so they cannot just. Just, just ignore us, and yeah. the world should also push them to accept us and not uh, give them the international recognition. I'm, I'm truly grateful that you've, you've, uh, that uh, I, that you've made the time to, to speak to us. I think your words are so important. It's so important that I, I, I hope we can push this out to as many people around the world to listen to this. I mean, I, let me ask you this before I let you go. I mean, it, it's, it must be a, a desperately um, confusing time for you. You you just spoke at the European First Women Summit last week at a gala event. I saw a video of it. Um, yeah. You spoke beautifully. You, you ended up crying while you were speaking. It must be almost surreal to be attending an event like that with what is happening back in the country that you love. What what are you going to do in the days ahead? Do you even do you have a plan for what you want to accomplish? Yeah, I have, uh, uh, I just started like in between all these struggles and, and, and stress, I just uh, write a new like uh, uh, synopsis for, for documentary film. So I, I'm exchanging this with uh, one filmmakers. And also I'm going to Venice Film Festival uh, to, uh, to participate in a discussion panel about Afghan filmmakers. And I'm going also to, uh, uh, to uh, Paris to participate in, uh, in uh, another event that it is about Afghanistan. And it, in between, uh, uh, I'm trying to also uh, solve my own issue as a filmmaker. So I'm going to, to write like, try to new script uh, so which I spoke already with some uh, producers so uh, uh, and 
So I I all I do my personal job as a filmmaker, and I also try to participate participate in different events about Afghanistan and especially Afghan artists and filmmakers to 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 tell and to ask uh, 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 communities, different communities, to support Afghan filmmakers because uh, evacuation uh, of artists or intellectual or people of Afghanistan is short short term solution, uh, but for long term solution. We shouldn't let Taliban just uh, do whatever they want. Right. So, uh, so the, uh, the the world should should push and should uh, push Taliban just to become more human. Okay, and uh, uh, they should. And if they want to like to to do some uh, to make government or whatever, it is not that easy. So, uh, so uh, I try to talk. Um, uh, everywhere and to give uh, interviews like I give to you uh, interview to you and to be voice because as I told it is not anymore about me it is not at all anymore about me it is about my country it is about cinema of my country it is about filmmakers who stay who still stayed there and couldn't make it uh, get out and it is about our culture and our art and our history because Afghanistan is a very beautiful country, you know, it's a very beautiful country. And, and I think the world should see the beauty of our, our country, not just, just the dark side. Sahra Karimi, I thank you for your wisdom and for your courage, and I hope you stay safe, and I hope we'll get to speak again. Thank you very much for, for giving me time and making interview with me. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, bye-bye. Sahra Karimi, one of Afghanistan's most prominent filmmakers and the first female chairperson of the Afghan film organization. Sahra Karimi is the first and only woman in Afghanistan who has a PhD in cinema and filmmaking. She fled Kabul on August 15th. We reached Sahra Karimi in Ukraine today. Phones back on for Captain Reza, Groovy Shia, and the fabulous Keon. Wow, wow. Sahra Karimi. You know, I, I had no idea of that part of the story with the airport where, uh, I mean, I'd heard that they escaped from the airport. I had no idea of the place where they go and hide, hide in the, yes. and then the Turkish uh, officials come and get them from there. And um, wow, what a story. Yeah, and also the... I was shocked by uh, her courage when he was running and he goes live on Insta to show when how she does that. Yeah, yes, yeah, it was amazing. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even and her continued courage for speaking out. I mean, she, yeah. as, you, as she said, she doesn't feel like she has an option. She wants to, you know, she's got to speak out of her country. But uh, um, and the fact that she she blames all sides too. I mean, she's yes. blaming the. The U.S. saying they, but you know, United States betrayed us, and, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. twenty years. What did they accomplish exactly 
in the 20 years? That's my biggest question. Well, they were saying that the, the, the U.S. was lying to the public about their progress in Afghanistan for 20 years. Because even be Rumsfeld, like he was saying. I think the betrayal was doing a deal with the Taliban was no. the part that broke yeah. her. It sounds like... Uh, well, very grateful for Sahra County, me in the midst of all that she's been going through in the last uh, couple of weeks to uh, come on Rook uh, for our season two debut. Thank you for that, Sahra. It is Monday and it's back to our regular programming. You know what that means? Time for Letters of the Week. I feel like, it, I, can we even have letters of the week when it's been a month? We can't. It's just letters <laughs> of the month. <laughs> letters of the I had to be picky and choosy with this one because right. there's quite a pile. Um, all right. So what was it? I think it was two weeks ago on episode 34. We had a package show called. No, it definitely wasn't episode 34. It was episode 34. Oh, 134. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> episode 34 what was at least I a year <laughs> ago. Wow. <laughs> All right. Okay. Anyway, episode 134, we had uh, the champions. So we had champion kickboxer Farinaz Lari, karate champ and Team Canada Olympic coach Nassim Varaste, and wrestling star and Team USA Olympic coach Afsun Roshan Zamir Johnston. It's like a whole... like. A lot of names, yes. <laughs> Thank you, Keon. I was going to say, like, some superstar women. My God. Oh, they could, yeah. They could assassinate a whole army. Yeah, yeah they're brilliant. <laughs> yeah. That's awesome. So we have a Turaj Khosravi wrote to us saying, great one again. Six stars for this one. And as the British reviews always say, it was dazzling. But I'm wondering why the gang was absent this time. Jianjian, did you fire them all? Uh, <laughs> thank you, Turaj. Thank you for indulging my fantasies of firing people. <laughs> 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 well, uh, and then we have Sha- Shalo Shamlu O'Neill wrote, Afsun Aziz, you are an amazing woman with an iron determination and dreams who achieved the unthinkable. You made history as the first woman in America to be a part of the world wrestling team. My hat's off to you and congratulations. I hope your life story becomes a movie soon. I think they're working on that actually. Nice. Uh, I like that Shalo Shamlu O'Neill. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the O'Neill thrown yeah. in there. For the, yeah, it's great. Yeah. Uh, and then we have some general letters that came in. Uh, first one coming from Sipid Homa wrote Hi, Rook team. I'm a big fan of your show, especially the short talk between you guys. But recently, there's no short talk, and it's just the old <laughs> interviews. Is it because Gian was on vacation? I can't wait to hear you guys again. Yeah, this slacker over here. Giving you guys some slacker. I'm the only one who was on the shows. Uh, Just giving people a break from Captain Reza for week to week. And then we have Mehti Ravon Bakhsh wrote, It is the first time that I listen to your podcast, Mr. Gian. What a deep and clear voice. Thank you. This page is my favorite and I recommend it to all my friends. Thank you, Mehti. That's that's what we want to hear. That's really Mm -hmm. nice. We have a Shaheen Bahrai wrote, Hey guys, why don't you do visual recordings when all of you are in conversation before jumping into the interview? I'm pretty sure that that would be more fun for your audience to see you guys. Hmm. Hmm. I don't so think about that. I don't think they <laughs> they want well, to watch me. They would want to watch you. <laughs> oh, they totally want to watch you. You look <laughs> more interesting than By anyone. the day. Yeah. <laughs> 
All right. So, uh, you ever seen the Ten Commandments, the film? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Like With uh, yeah. Roger Moore. Char- Charles, Charles Heston. Bro- Charles yeah. Charlton Charlton Heston. Heston. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, he does Moses. look like him. <laughs> that's <Right>. Moses. <laughs> you know him as Musa. Musa. <laughs> <laughs> well, Vaughn, back on episode 132, we had Iranian British entrepreneur and founder slash CEO of Babylon Health. Dr. Ali Parsa on the show. Uh, he's also a billionaire, so clearly he knows a thing or two. Um, so we have username Parsumash wrote to us saying, Hello, Rick team. I really enjoyed this interview with Dr. Ali Parsa. It was motivational, inspirational, and touching. Throughout the interview, I didn't once think of him being a billionaire. Actually, the more I listened, the more I thought I was listening to a philosopher. A philosopher slash entrepreneur, if you will. Mm. Dr. Parsa is clearly down to earth and is apparently disinterested in going to space. That's a great combination. We need more individuals like this. Individuals who understand that with our abundance of wealth and resources, there is more to be done for earth and her inhabitants before looking to the stars. And lastly, Dr. Parsa made reference to Malcolm Gladwell and one of his books. However, throughout the interview, I couldn't help but be reminded of one of Gladwell's other books called Outliers. The theme of this interview seemed to hover around the theme of outliers and the notion of success and all the elements that need to fall into place for it to come to fruition. To those unaware of this book, I highly recommend it. I have it sitting on my shelf, actually. It's a great letter. Well written. I would say that was... uh good enough for letter of the week I thought so but too. i guess not I, it's well uh, mm-hmm. you'll wait you just have to wait power sumash good job yeah, appreciate that nice one. we have a mona dastar wrote to us saying i can't tell you how much i appreciated mr parsa sharing his great attitude and asking about one's history rather than achievements you know, I totally agree that it, he seemed like a philosopher yeah, at times. Yeah, for Not like sure. you were speaking to a sage rather than right. a, a capitalist. You know? Right, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Well, look at that. It's time for Letter of the Week. Oh! God. <laughs> I'm thirsty. What do you have to complain about? I'm doing all the reading. All right. So we have Ali Reza Jahangir. It goes to him this week. Jahangir. Jahangir. That's what I need you for, Shia. Moses, I should say. He's a wise one, that one. Uh, Ali Razajan wrote to us saying, this was one of the purest, most honest, and thoughtful interviews that I have ever heard from a humble and very successful person. Thank you. Oh, maybe <laughs> Ali. <laughs> they were talking about me. Speaking of arrogance. Khub, <laughs> Ali's humanity, kindness, and level-headedness makes you want him to become even more triumphant in his life endeavors. His stories as a 16-year-old immigrant resonated with me as it mirrored my own experience some 39 years ago. It's because of people like him that I keep my faith in humanity, and particularly in our own unique culture and core value system. Thank you, Gian, and the entire Rook team. Wishing you much success. Ah, Wasn't that beautiful? That's a great letter. Yeah. That's a great letter. And well said about Ali Parsa. I should send that to him, to Ali Parsa. Yeah. That's a great letter. Thank you very much, Ali Reza. Uh, Jahangir. Jahangir. Uh, thank you, Groovy Shia, Captain Reza. Great to have you back in the saddle. And uh, the fabulous Keon, as ever. Nice to see you. Nice to see you. <laughs> you can respond. <laughs> you were going to close off the show. Nice to see you. Not nice to see you. That's why I'm silent, because it's not nice. I'm kidding. This is full time for Rook for today. <laughs> for all things Rook. 
you can go to our website, rookmedia.com. In fact, it's all things Rook Media as we branch out into some more programs. Rookmedia.com is where you can find our guests, our former episodes, our videos, our funnies. It's all there. Rookmedia.com, where you can also become a patron of our show. Thanks to the amazing team who put this show together. Ponta, the artist, Thoughtful Nagin, the fabulous Keon, producer Susan, Super Patty Saw, Savvy Roham, Ahai Merdad, sponsorship Sean, Captain Reza, and Groovy Shia. Thank you to all of you out there for supporting us and sharing our content. Please subscribe if you've not done so already. It's free on every platform. You can find me on Instagram at Gian Gomeshi. And of course, in the meantime, Mizunbashi. Bashi.